Well, um, a few weeks ago, uh, we spoke on the source of hope, and I said at that point, I said, you know, I, we'll see how this goes, we'll get into this, and we still hadn't finished our other series, Good Ground, which we're finished with now, we're um, unhooking with that now, so we're going to continue um, on the source of hope, if you missed the first part, that's okay, um, You'll have everything you need tonight, but you can go back and listen to that if you want. Let's look at Romans 15, verse 13. Romans 15, verse 13. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the New Living Translation, let's look at that. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So it says here, He's the source of hope. God is the source of hope. And then in the, if we go back to the beginning of that verse, He said, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. So you're going to be filled with joy and peace by believing, by trusting in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope. The New King James said you'll abound in hope. Here it said you'll overflow with confident hope. So you're going to believe something. May the, it says may the God of hope, the source of hope, who is the source of hope, fill you with joy and peace, and then you're going to abound or overflow with hope. Let's look at it in the ERV. So God is the author of hope. We see he's the source of hope. It says he's the God of hope. In the ERV, the easy-to-read version, it says, I pray that the God who gives hope, I pray that the God who gives hope will fill you with much joy and peace as you trust in him. See, tr peace and uh, joy come from trusting in God. True peace, true joy come from trusting in God. You can get a little blip from different places, you know. Uh, that's one of those things, that's why looking at your phone is so addictive, is because you get a little bit of hit in your brain of dopamine every time you're looking. That's why they make you, you know, when you scroll down stuff like an Instagram and Facebook or whatever it is, it makes you want to go and see what's next because that just that gives you a constant, like, jolt to your brain, and you can get addicted to that. Well, that, okay, that lasts until you want to see what's next. That's why you get off your phone, and then you want to go back and look, and do I have a new email? Do I have a new text? You guys are laughing, because everybody knows what I'm talking about. You know, did anybody message me? You were just on there 30 seconds ago. Why? Because you want, you know, the next thing. Well, there's a lot of things, all kinds of things in life that can be like that. But, the, but real joy and peace is going to come from trusting God. 
not going to go up and down. It's going to be constant. Now, we've got to tune into it. We've got to pull in and, you know, do something. Um, you know, tune in there because this world is trying to distract you. But that's how we're going to have real hope. It says, uh, continue reading in, in that verse. Let's just go back to the beginning in this version. I pray that the God who gives hope will fill you with much joy and peace as you trust in Him. Then you will have more and more hope. And it will flow out of you by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, it's like a feedback loop. You, you know, you, the God of hope gives you joy and peace, and so you have more hope. You, you have more hope, because, and as you have more hope, you know, you're trusting God, and there's more peace, there's more joy, and you just keep going on. And it says, it will flow out of you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Just flood, the hope. Just, you're overflowing with hope. Does that sound good? Well, where do, who's the source? God's the source of hope. He's the source of true hope. In the Passion Translation, it says, Now may God, the fountain of hope. That gives you a picture, doesn't it? Yeah. Just, the hope just keeps coming. Doesn't that, doesn't that uh, uh, agree with what we just saw that it gives you more and more hope, flows out of you by the power of the Holy Spirit while flowing out. Here it says God's the fountain of hope. Well, the, the hope just keeps coming out as you look to the source. If you disconnect from the source, then... So that's why hope goes down. I mean, true hope. Like I said, you can have little blips, you know, looking at something here or there. That's not true. But real hope comes from God. And if it comes from Him, then we got to hook up with the source. If we're not hooked up with the source, there's not going to be any hope. That's why when we disconnect and start getting distracted, that's why hope can go down. Because you're not believing anything. You're not believing the right thing. You're not looking at the source of hope. And there are all kinds of things we can look at right now that will distract us. Here it says, Now may the God, may God the fountain of hope. Now if you just take that with you, as you go out of here and just see God, Him being the fountain, your hope just like a fountain. That means, you know, if anything would press on you and start trying to make you uh, lose your hope, you just see that you're hooked up with the source and there's more. And it just, it will keep coming as you look to Him. The fountain of hope fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect and perfect peace as you trust in Him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with His superabundance until you radiate with hope. There's a, we're going to read that again. There's just so much there. You see the overflowing, the radiating, the flowing. Go back to the beginning of verse 13. Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Him. And we're going to see that. See, it says, as you trust in Him. Come back to that. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with His superabundance until you radiate with hope. Just come and God, God's the source. There is no lack in Him. There is no limit. It just, He will never run out. Do you see that? Do you, do you see that? 
in your, get, get a, a picture inside of you of this source of hope, God Almighty, the creator of the universe. He will never run out of, of life. And so as we look to Him and trust Him, to notice the, set, the middle of that verse, it says, Now may God, the, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing and uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Him. See, the reason, see, as we have hope, the reason we have hope is because we're trusting in Him, and we'll see that. It, it, hope is just a result of you trusting God. Now, we're going to see this hope is expecting something to come good, and the reason is because you trust Him. And then as you trust Him, there's peace and joy because you trust Him, and you expect something, and it just radiates out of you because you're so full of Him, and so full of the fact that He is good, and there is no limit to Him, there, he's not going to run out. He's not going to come up short. And so that brings you joy. That brings you peace. And it just overflows. And you just radiate with hope, with expectation. But He is the source. The definition of hope, there's many definitions, but I just want to read you the ones that bear witness, that agree with the Bible definition. We talk about definitions reading just from the normal dictionary here. One is trust. A verb, to hope the verb, it means to expect with confidence. To expect with confidence. You know, bold expectation, not like, I, I hope, I'm just not sure. It's expecting with confidence. Well, you can see that the more you know Him, when you can see He's the source, then there is a confidence because you know Him. He's not going to fail. There's a strength. There's a, a, a solidarity there. He's not going to fail. He's not going to leave you hanging. Uh, the noun, hope, means expectation of fulfillment or success expectation of fulfillment, these are all from the Merriam-Webster, expectation of fulfillment or a success, you expect something, that's hoping, you expect something good, you expect it to be completed, you expect success, you expect fulfillment. It's trust and reliance. And we read that, you can see that as we trust Him, it's going to cause us to abound with hope. In the Bible, it means to anticipate with pleasure, expectation, or confidence. In the Vines uh, Expository Dictionary of Biblical Words, it means favorable and confident expectation. You see there's no, like, negative here. There's no uncertainty. It's, it's confidence it's ex expectation. It's expecting something to be fulfilled. So it's expecting success. So why do you expect something? It's because you're trusting. It's because you believe something. It's because you believe and trust someone. And that's the Lord. He's the source of hope. Believing Him causes you to hope. 
Let's read a, we read, read a few of these verses uh, last week, but there's several places where hope, this same word hope, is actually translated trust. Because trust and hope go right together. The reason you hope is because you trust. Faith is confidence, is trust, is believing. And when you have faith, you will have hope. Because hope is expectation, so you believe something. You expect to see something because you believe something. So now you expect good because you believe God. He's the source of you having any hope. Why would you have hope? Because you believe He is something. He said something. He's going to do something. 1 Timothy 4.10 says, For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust, that word is hope, because we trust in the living God. We trust in the living God, or we hope in the living God. We expect something from Him, which goes back to us believing Him. 1 Timothy 5, 5 says, Now she who is really a widow and left alone trusts, or that's the same word, hopes, in God. What does that mean? She's expecting to be taken care of because she trusts Him. Do you see that? She believes something, so doesn't look like she has really any hope in the natural, but she does hope because she trusts God. So you could just say she trusts Him, which is, I'm expecting something. If you trust somebody, then it, what goes with it is, so you trust somebody, you have confidence in them, what goes with it in like this scenario, you expect something to happen. In other words, this person, a widow, she expects to be taken care of because she trusts. So you could just say it's an active trust. Hope, real hope is an active, it's an, it's an outflow of your faith, but hope is I'm expecting something to happen. I believe, which is faith, so I expect. They go hand in hand. 1 Timothy 6, verse 17. Some of these we've gone over, but we're kind of getting into it more anyway. I just wanted you to see this. 1 Timothy 6, verse 17 says, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. That's that same word. Nor to trust in, in uncertain riches. What does that mean? Expect in uncertain riches. Expect or you expect something from the riches rather than God. So that shows, it goes back, if you're expecting something from the money, then it, it, you just follow it back. Your faith is actually in money. You expect your money to take care of you. That's different than expecting God to take care of you. Because then if the money goes away and your trust is in money, your hope's gone. Do you see that? But if your trust is in God and He is the source of hope, now something happens financially, nothing happened to God, so my hope is still intact. I expect something anyway because my hope wasn't tied to the money. My expectation wasn't tied to the money because I believe something more than the money. I believe God. He didn't go anywhere. He won't go anywhere. He is the fountain of hope. He is trustworthy. And so I expect, that that's the relation between the trust and the expect. Uh, that's why you can say, 
what you trust in is what you hope in. That's why this word is used in several places. You're trusting, your hope is in something, so your expectation is based on what you're believing. And if, if the expectation is on the wrong thing, then the hope's gone. But God will never fail us. Let's look at Hebrews 10.23 tonight. This is what I, I want to emphasize then tonight. So our hope is in the source of hope. You can have false hope. People have, you can, you know, people by what they say can give false hope. Hope that isn't an expectation, in other words, that's not based on something solid. You know, just try to lift somebody's spirits, but give them false hope. That means they're not, it's not really based on something solid. Just to make them happy? Well, they're going to be disappointed if it, if it doesn't happen. That's not helpful to anybody. See, that's not the way the things of God are, though. When we hope, when we're expecting because we trust God, His Word is trustworthy. He won't fail. So that's why we want to make sure our trust is fully in Him and His Word. Not in what somebody said about Him. Not what somebody said about His Word. Thank God for, you know, uh, people that help us to see what the Word of God says. That's why, you know, we're gathered together. We're being fed the Word of God. But it can't be because Jim said something. That won't, that won't cut it when push comes to shove in life. We need to know that God said something. Because He's the one you're trusting, not me. He's the one you're looking to to meet your need, you know, in the world, whatever it is. It's not me. And sometimes we make a mistake. We hear something, well, that sounds good. And so I'm just going to believe that because somebody said it. We need to go to what the, the Word says. That's why we, we look at scriptures, so we know. That's why we make the scripture sheets available, so you can go back and look and say, what did God say? Because He's the one that I'm going to trust, and my hope, my expectation is going to come out of something He said. Let's look at this, Hebrews 10, verse 23. It says, let us hold fast the, con the confession of our hope without wavering. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Do you see how those are connected with what we've said? Let us hold fast the confession of our hope, of our expectation, of what we believe will happen, because we believe something, so we expect something's going to happen. See, hope is in the future. Hope is it's, it's going to happen. could be the next 10 seconds, but it's about to. Belief, faith is you believe something now. Hope is so something's going to happen. So we hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, without going back and forth and thinking it's going to happen, thinking it's not going to happen. Why? 
For he who promised is faithful. That's why our hope is solid. He who promised, the one who's the source of hope, how is he the source of hope? Because he is faithful and we can trust what he said. So we bring that forth. That's how true hope comes. He's the source. Now that's how it radiates out of us. But it goes back to who he is and the fact that he's faithful and can be depended on. You won't ever have false hope with God. We, we know, if we know what he said and we know that he is trustworthy, now that translates into now. I expect something. I'm, I'm expecting something coming up. And it puts us in that mode. And with it, there's joy and peace because you believe something, you expect something, and we can stay there. We can stay there going. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what challenges there are. God didn't change. He, did, he didn't. His character didn't fail. So that brings me right back to uh, my hope is full and it's radiating. If I'll keep looking to him, if I'll keep reminding myself of who he is, he can't fail. The devil will come and tell you, yeah, but there's this circumstance and this circumstance. How we combat that is come right back to what God said, who he is, and just stay there because he hasn't faded out. You know, you think about our sun. Our sun is a dinky little star in the scope of, of the universe, and it's burning bright. It is overpowering, you know, how much energy there is to us here. You get too close, you're going to be burned up, and we're not even, you know, remotely near it. God created the sun. There are, there are um, stars that are thousands or more times bigger than our sun. God is more powerful than all of it combined, and He will never burn out. He is just just eminent power source, and that's who we're hooked up with. Well, that'll put a different perspective on how we're approaching life. That's what we're pulling on. It's just, just a fountain doesn't do it justice. I mean, a fountain, it gives us a nice picture, but when you think of the immensity of a star, you know, which our sun is a star, but huge star, powerful, it's just, just immense power. That's what's backing what he said. Look at the verse 23 in the NLT, Hebrews 10, 23 in the NLT. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep His promise. Why do we hold firm to the hope? Why do we expect something in real life? We're not talking about theology. We're not talking about just out there. I'm, we're talking about when you hit life, why do you hold to the hope? Because God can be trusted to keep His promise. That's why. When you come and hit something in life or it hits you, God can be trusted to keep His promise and that can take, just go right through you into the situation and say, it's going to happen anyway. See, that's striving forward saying, I expect something anyway. The, the, the circumstance will try to push you back. The world will try to push you off. It's trying to do this exact thing. It's trying to get you to waver, get you to be pushed off, get you to flail around. But if we'll just realize that God, who is the all-powerful source of hope, hasn't gone anywhere and He can be trusted to keep His promise, it'll just steal, steal you to where you're like, no, I'm going forward. And there's hope there again. 
where maybe hope was dwindling, it can be refired right now. Because God can be trusted. Look at how this says in a, in a couple other translations. In the Amplified, Hebrews 10, 23, in the Amplified, it says, Let us seize and hold tightly the confession of our hope. That's active. Let us seize and hold tightly the confession of our hope without wavering, without going off it. You seize it, hold tightly. Why? For he who promised is reliable and trustworthy and faithful to his word. That's why. See, we believe what he said and that the one who said it is reliable, trustworthy, and faithful, so I'm going to seize to the expectation that what he said is going to happen, and I'm not going to let go, and I'm not going to waver. Do you see that? That's why you're expecting. It's not just, well, see, so we make the mistake sometimes of just going, we, we drop this back part, the whole foundation, and we're just like, well, I'm getting up, I'm expecting good things today. Like, I'm going to say this, but it can be hollow if we let the back, the foundation slip. It's just like, I'm just trying to believe something. I'm just trying to expect, because you know you're supposed to do that. Getting up, I'm expecting. But it can become a shell if we're not looking to the source of hope, the one who actually the hope's coming from, and looking to his character and his word, and knowing that that's where it comes from, and that hasn't changed, see, that'll, put, that'll fill the shell back in to where it's solid. It's not moving. You're getting up, and it's not just, well, I'm going through saying this because I'm supposed to. It is declaring and expecting what will happen because he stands behind it. And he is reliable. He is trustworthy. He is faithful to his word. He will not fail ever. The stars we're talking about, if he failed, if he broke his word, everything would blow apart. Because hit, the Bible says it's all held together by the power of his word. He cannot fail. Well, that's why we go forward. That's why we hope. Look at this in the, the Living Bible. Now we can look forward to the salvation God has promised us. Now you can talk about of course, that applies to when we step into heaven, but that applies right now, whatever He's promised in His Word. Salvation is uh, all-encompassing what wholeness and what He's done to make you complete. Now, we can look forward to the salvation God has promised us. There is no longer any room for doubt, and we can tell others that salvation is ours, for there is no question He will do what He says. There is no question. Everybody say, no question. Everybody say, no room for doubt. Why? Because he will do what he says. He's faithful. The Bible says over and over, he will do what he says he will do. He will do what he says he will do. He, he has proven it over and over, that he will do what he said he will do. Look at Numbers 23, 19. We're just going to look at some of these verses. 
It said, God is not a man that he should lie, nor, the, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? That's something you could ask yourself sometime. The devil's trying to get you to doubt and you say, has he spoken and will he not make it good? Or has he said and will he not do? And Satan will tell you he's not going to do it. He's not going to keep his word. Has he said and will he not do it? Are you saying he's not going to do it? Devil? Are you saying he's not going to keep his word? The Bible said he cannot lie. Here it says he is not a man that he should lie. In other words, men will fail. You could be putting your trust in a man. You could be expecting something and then... Didn't happen. You're, has that ever happened to anybody? Don't, you don't have to raise your hand. No, I know it's happened to everybody. You were expecting something. Somebody said something. And so you're set up. You're going to go somewhere. You're going to pick something up. You're, something, you're going to deliver, or something's going to be delivered to you. Any number of things. And you go and... Not there. Somebody told you they were going to do something. So you're expecting, you're... You're in hope. You're just like, yep, okay, I'm going to go. And you pull up and didn't happen. But God's not a man that he should do that, that he should say something and it won't happen. What he said, he will do. So we can expect that he'll, he's going to do it. If he said it, he's going to do it. There's no question, like it said. There's no question he's going to do what he said. There's no room for doubt. Well, that causes my hope to abound. It causes joy and peace to be there because I know he can't fail. I will never have that sensation of me going and expecting and then it's not there. Not there. Now, the devil will tell you that's what's happening in a certain situation. See, but that's not what's happening. He's trying to get you to drop your expectation and stop, start doubting God and Satan is a master deceiver, and he will he he pushes he uses the the sense realm. He knows what's really going on, but he knows what you and I actually see. And so he'll try to paint it like, well, see, God God didn't do. He didn't do. But you know that's not true. It's just what you see may look like that. And so you, that's when we have to go back and say, wait, has he said? And he won't do? That's what you're saying? You're saying he's lying. He's not lying. It will happen. So you keep your, your hope fired up. You keep your expectation strong. And you, you don't let any doubt in. Doubt is exactly saying somehow God would fail. That's not true. Satan will tell you, no, but it is true. Look, it's not over. He'll try to get you to look at something, and he knows the truth. He just knows you can't see it. So we need to go back and believe in the character of Almighty God because that is what is going to keep us in the right frame, in the right place, and keep us expecting. Keep our hope strong. Let's look at a few more. Titus 1, verse 1. It says, Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect 
and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness, verse 2, in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. See, he's saying, in hope, in expectation of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie. Everybody say, cannot lie. God cannot lie. He said, he, the one that cannot lie, promised before time began. So what does that mean? If the one that cannot lie promised it, then what he said will happen, right? The hope is on a firm foundation, which is what you believe God is, and what he said in the fact that he never lies. In fact, he cannot lie. What does that mean? Whatever he said is going to happen. Every time. Every single time. 1 Kings 8, verse 8, 56. It says, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. There has not failed one word of all his good promise which he promised through his servant Moses. There has not failed one word of all his good promise. There has not failed one word. Not even a word has failed. His, his word is true completely. God doesn't get it 98% right. Well, you know, most of what he said was right. And a few, you know, a few things that got issue with, but that doesn't happen with God. Every single thing he says is right and true and will come to pass. He doesn't throw around words just willy-nilly. Even good, well-intentioned people that, that, you know, do their best to, to say everything right, I mean, we could still say mostly right, but then something isn't quite right, and we're doing the best we know how, and there's something not right. God, God isn't like that. Everything He says is right and is trustworthy. Look at Jeremiah 1, verse 12, real quick. It says, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. God is ready to do what He said all the time. There is never a time when He said something and He's not ready to perform it. That would mean He said something in vain. He said something that actually He's not intending to do. But no, he's ready to do what he said he will do. So we just need to stay in the mode where we are looking to him and believe that what he said will come to pass, that we are expecting it to come to pass. We're expecting what he said to be right, to be convinced that what he said is right 
and will happen in our life. Praise God. Let's look at Mark 5. This is an account. There's two accounts here that kind of intertwine, but we're going to focus on one. Verse 21, it says, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. So imagine this man's daughter is at the point of death, and, and this man comes to Jesus, Jairus comes to Jesus and says, If you come, lay your hands on her, she will be healed. She'll live. And so Jesus says, I'll come. So now imagine Jairus, what's he, now he's saying, okay, he's already believed something because he's come to Jesus. He's seen things, he, he obviously believes that Jesus has the answer, right? So he comes and he's like, if you come, this is what's going to happen. And Jesus said, I'm coming. So what is Jairus, where, where is he at now? He's like, well, this is what's going to happen. He's coming, he's going to lay hands on her, my daughter's okay. He, he's already expecting something, right? See, he believes something, so he's expecting. He's, he's in hope. He's like, well, this is what's going to happen. This, this is coming. My, my daughter's going to be fine. So they start going to his house, and then in the middle of that, this, which we're not going to take time to read, this lady comes up, and she had an issue of blood. She had a problem in her body, and so she's coming through and pressing through the crowd and touches Jesus' garment, and so... You know, Jesus turns around and said, who touched me? And, um, you know, everybody's like, well, what are you talking about? It's a, it's a crowd. How, how do you saying who's touched you? And he said, well, somebody touched me. Who touched me? And he's meaning, you know, in a, in a way of faith. And so she comes forward and said, I did it. I touched you. And then we'll pick up in verse 34. So this is all going on. See, they're supposed to be going to Jairus' house. And so all this stuff's happening. This is taking time. Verse 34 then uh, Jesus said to her, daughter, the, the lady uh, had come up and he had spoken to her. So then he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So this all happened while they're going to Jairus' house. Jesus said, you're healed to the lady. And then in verse 35, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and said, your daughter is dead, why trouble the teacher any further? What do you think went through Jairus' mind at that point? He, he, he had come to Jesus, he believed Jesus could do something about it, Jesus said, I'm coming, so he's expecting, he's hoping, and expecting his daughter's going to be healed, all this, there's all this commotion, everything's going on, and they're trying to get to the house, but this stuff's going on, and then while they're going, as soon as this clears out, somebody from his house comes and says she's dead. 
don't trouble him. What would the temptation be for the expectation at that point? To be, it's gone, it's over. He was expecting to see his daughter okay, and now all of a sudden, expect what? She's dead. So let's read verse end of 35 again. So they said, your daughter is dead. Don't, why trouble the teacher any further? Verse 36, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Who's the source of hope? God. Jesus is God. He's saying, this is not over. And he's telling Jairus, don't be afraid, only believe. Well, if you believe something, now what, tell me what's happening to his hope and his expectation. If he truly believes, it dropped, and now it's going back up to wait. He just said, just believe. So now his hope's coming back that, wait a minute, there is still something good. Jesus just told me to keep believing, so there's something still going to happen. Do you see how, I mean, can you just see his hope? It was, it was all vibrant and healthy, and then they come and say she's dead, and just... And then Jesus said, wait, to do, don't be afraid, only believe, and it just comes back to, wait a minute, there is a future. His, his, for, for a minute there, his hope could have just gone away. He sees his daughter dead. He sees, I'm going to see my dead daughter. We're going to have a funeral. All these thoughts, don't think he's different than you and I. This is exactly what's happening in his head. But Jesus said... Don't be afraid, only believe. So now, if he really believes that, all that stuff went away, and now he has an expectation that he sees his daughter again. I'm going to see her. We're going to see her. Because why? He just decided that? No, Jesus said something. Now, he has a choice. Is he going to believe Jesus or not? Verse 37, and he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly when he came in and said, then he, when he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. Now think about what's happening. They're coming up to the house. So Jesus had said, don't be afraid, only believe. So his hope goes back into you know, he comes back, his expectation. Now he gets to the house, and people are crying and wailing, and she's dead. Now he's got another choice. What Jesus said, and what he sees. He's expecting, okay, well, she's going to... Wait a minute, they're acting like she's dead. They're carrying on like she's dead. Now he has a choice. Am I going to believe what, what Jesus said, and and carry on like that's going to happen, or am I going to drop it? Well, Jesus comes up and said, why are you guys carrying on like this? She's not dead. She's sleeping. Verse 40, and they ridiculed him, and when he had put them all outside, he took the father and mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying, and then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talithi kumai, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. So she lived. She was okay. 
what Jesus said happened. But it looked at several times like this is it. There's no way. It's over. But God Almighty, His Word, if we'll believe what He said, if we'll trust what He said, no matter what, even if it looks like the situation is dead, there's no way. If we'll trust Him and believe that what He said will happen, then we can be full of hope in the face of something that looks hopeless because we have God's Word who cannot fail, who cannot lie, who is reliable, trustworthy, and faithful. We have His Word that it will come to pass, and if we hold to that, hope will stay strong, and we'll move forward in hope even when it looks like there should be no hope. Period. Every day. We can be full of hope. We can be so full of hope and abounding in hope that it's just spilling over like a fountain, that we're radiating hope, even when it looks like there's no hope. We can just be full of hope, and we can just stay that way until we go right off the ledge into glory and go to see Jesus face to face. Amen.